Hey, everybody. Welcome to We've Got to Talk About. I'm Caitlin. I'm Maya. And today's episode is about two topics. Again, kind of our theme. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little dialogue, perspective, information, research on COVID-19 right now, Um, but mainly social norms and kind of, what'd you say? I said how there's not any. Right. Yeah. We're literally just going to talk about like social protocols right now and kind of what we've been seeing from people over the last few months, um, especially with a couple of holidays have passed now. We've had Memorial Day and Fourth of July passed. Um, so Maya and I have definitely seen on social media just the way some people have acted. Um, and then Maya is going to round this episode out with a very important topic, uh, mental health. She's going to dive into a couple of aspects and facets of that for you guys. And that'll be our episode. Um, so yeah, let's just go. Um, so into it. to tell you guys about Maya's and I's community, we have a small shared community, but Maya and I definitely have two different worlds that we follow, um, in the social media world. Um, and because of that, we're seeing different things and a lot of the same things too. And for me personally, my Instagram has been very active with opinions about what I see on Instagram. Um, Maya can vouch for me and any of my Instagram followers. I've been posting a lot of my Instagram stories about the fact that I'm getting really sick and tired of Instagram looking like it did in 2018 Yeah, with people just out and about socializing, you know, not even the aspect of like, you're doing the right thing with the right protocols. You know, you're taking a hike with your significant other or your roommate, whatever the case may be. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the people who are hopping on planes, traveling down to Vegas and Tahoe and SoCal, who, to our knowledge, aren't getting tested at any point in time besides just whatever the protocol is for a flight, which at this point in time is a temperature check before you can board. Um, And then it's a temperature check and a mask, depending on where you're going and where you're traveling. Some restrictions are are stronger depending on where you're going. Um, Like I think it's different if you're traveling to New York, because I know some states have like limited travel actually if you're coming from California, Texas, New York, and like different other hotspot states. Um, but yeah, for my um trip that I was gonna take to St. Thomas, which is now canceled, I was only required to wear a mask for the entire length of the flight and just get a temperature check before boarding and deplaning. So they just weren't gonna allow me into the, the actual St. Thomas outside world until they made sure my temperature was at their level. So they don't make you quarantine like when you land there. No, you you would think they would make you only yeah. a fourteen plus day trip, but that's not the case. And I think it's not because it's still a U.S. territory. I think if I was going to the British Virgin Islands, I mm-hmm. would prior to quarantine. I think that was that one little bubble barrier we got through with the specific trip okay. was the fact that um, yeah, that it was used to our territory, so we kind of had some extra leeway with things. But yeah, you guys, I've been getting really frustrated because I'm just seeing people out and about Maya, like nothing's going on. You know, Tahoe was lit for 4th of July. I don't know if you guys follow people. Um, I was laughing super hard at all of the beach pics that girls were posting, like with social distancing captions. And there's like 20 families around them. Like, Yeah, you're spread apart. Like you are more than six feet apart. But just look at the number. Should you be there? Right. I'm like, look at the number of people. Like, it looks like Florida. It looks like Huntington and freaking what um, Newport, you know, like Mm -hmm. when it was like Memorial Day time. And we were all talking so much shit about them back then. And I'm like, nothing changed just because we're not talking about Orange County. Like, 
And I've been getting so frustrated because I do know people are taking these trips and they're not going to the beach. You know, they are being in an Airbnb that hasn't been lived in, you know, somebody else owns it. They're wearing their mask. They're not going with 20 people. Like for the life of me, Maya, I do not understand why Memorial Day weekend, we saw so many groups of like 20, 30 people in a house. And they're like, well, we just don't want to cancel our trip. And I'm like, I get that. But then at least be like, sorry, half of y'all just don't need to go. And like the fact that half of y'all don't even want to not go. Yeah, I definitely would have been one of the people that was like, I'm sorry to be a party pooper, but like, I'm out. If the rest of y'all are going, guess who's not going to be there? I will like all of your pictures and hype you up in the comments, but I'm going to be a hundred percent. Right. And like, that's how I felt because for me personally, I've left the house less than 10 times since March 13th. Um, I, I remember March 13th clearly because I was supposed to work a shift at the bar that night and it was mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. Like I just, it was that oh, day. Shoot. And that was the day we got the group text from our general manager. Like we will not be opening our doors. COVID mm-hmm. has hit the nightlife. Like, I'm so sorry, you guys. TBD, all that good stuff. And I went to our sister bar in Campbell because they were still allowed to operate because they're a smaller size and their capacity. They could still have, I think it was like 40, 50 people at the time that were allowed, Mm -hmm. but our bar just can't operate on 50 people. You're not going to make any money. It's a waste. Um, So I went there to drink, saw my owner there of the bar. Like we chopped it up and I was like, I'm so sad. I got really drunk that night because I was just like, wow, I'm not going to be working for who knows how long. Like COVID is here in the Bay Area. So I didn't leave the house until what? I went to Antioch, which is two hours away for one weekend. Stayed at my boyfriend's parents' house. We did go to one of his friend's house, but we all sat outside, like kind of garage spilling into the driveway, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, we did barbecue, but, you know, we tried to do the sanitizer thing. People seemed to be keeping their space as much as they could. I definitely felt uncomfortable and guilty. And I know people don't feel like that. So it pisses me off even more when I do feel because it's real. And then after that, I went to a kickback of my boyfriend's coworker for a couple birthdays and I got drunk there. And it was the first time I had really been drunk since quarantine had started. And I had texted Maya along with a couple of other girlfriends and I was a mess. Yeah, you were. (laughs) I was on the couch by myself. For good reason. Yeah. And, and you guys, I was sitting on the couch by myself and I, I was literally crying to myself and no one knew because at this point everyone was so inebriated, like everyone was just doing their own thing. But mm-hmm. I really had like five minutes to myself where I was crying and I felt so guilty. I felt like I was just doing the wrong thing. Like I was just breaking all the rules, especially for someone who's as vocal as me, who's been yelling at people on social media about yeah. their lack of awareness and just like mindfulness of what's going on and the precautions that should have been taken a long time ago. Um, And I texted people and I was like, I'm a horrible person. And everybody responded the same, like, no, you're not. You literally haven't even left the house. It's the second time you've left the house in three months. Like you did the right things. And Mm -hmm. I was definitely a person who was like, it's okay if you want to go on a run or take a walk or go on a hike. We're not saying you can't do that. We just want to make sure everybody's wearing a mask when they're doing it or staying away from people. That way we're not passing things along easily. So that's why we're talking about this, you guys, because like it didn't just go away. Like we've seen all the memes and tweets and gifts of people like, oh, you guys just got tired of Corona and decided it was over. And now that's why we're kind of in the hell we're in. Like Memorial Day seemed to be like the straw on the camel's back for half of the country who doesn't believe in the virus, didn't believe in following the protocols anyway. Like the people who really couldn't give a damn about you know, the people you guys are seeing going viral for yelling at people for wearing masks, like all of those people. 
And it seems like all of those people have just agreed, you know, we're done. Give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you've heard, but in Florida, a few Greek kids, you know, the Greek system. Oh, I was like, were, Greek kids in Florida? Right. <laughs> no, but kids in the Greek system um, were having COVID-19 parties, Maya, where the winner was whoever caught COVID first. <laughs> I hope they all win this game. And I'm just like. You're all winners. <laughs> like. Who, how, when, why, what? Like, I'm just very disappointed in people. And that's why we're talking about this because you guys, I promise you, I don't care what you believe or don't believe. I don't care how long you've gone without having any symptom. Like asymptomatic people still exist. That is still definitely a thing. I that's just like, everyone has come in contact with it. I really do. I think every single person has already been in contact with it and either it affected you greatly or it did not. Either mm-hmm. one of the lucky ones or your immune system was already weaker than you thought. And that's why it hit you harder than it did. Like I'm now coming to the point where I'm getting text messages from people who are like, Hey, I have it. And it's like, it, there was a while where I didn't know anyone personally, but I saw a mm-hmm. couple people on Instagram had it. And I was like, Oh shoot. Okay. You know, and they lived in New York. And I was like, well, New York's a hot spot. Yeah. And it was very still social in New York until they really didn't have to be, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. it's gotten to the point now where I know people like I have good friends of mine and family members who are mm-hmm. it, who are fighting it um so I don't know what it is Maya I don't know why it's so hard for people to just do the right thing and suck it up for six months like honestly if our country would have just sucked it up for and like and and we have to do a reason why people are acting the way they are is because our government has literally told them this is a hoax and it's not as serious oh, yeah. There are definitely a lot of, there's a lot of propaganda out there trying to deter people the other way. But regardless, like just for the safety measure of it all, I just don't, I look at Asians who've literally been wearing masks when they have cold lives. lives. (laughs) Yeah. And who are just doing it out of respect for others. Like Mm -hmm. I know I'm sick. I still have to leave the house. So I'm going to put on this mask so that you don't get my cold. Like, whereas when it's flu season in America, what do we do? We're like, well, put on your britches, everybody. Brace yourselves. Go get all your favorite drugs. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's coming. Just deal with it. Get it. And then move on. That's how we deal with the flu. So I guess we should have known better that people were going to deal with that with the virus. Now it kind of does feel like a, what do you, what's the term I'm looking for? Like survival of the fittest. It kind of feels like that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like you um, get it, you don't know. Natural selection. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's the universe's natural selection at this point, like the best survive. But I honestly don't even think that's true because of like all of every system in this country is so racist that like it's not even survival of the fittest. It's like survival of the richest, and it yeah. always is that way, which is really upsetting. Yeah, because everyone we've all seen all the posts about how expensive it is for this COVID treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen so many nurses genuinely like put information out there that they really shouldn't be telling you the kind of concoctions they're giving you. And they're literally like, you guys, we are just genuinely hydrating your body with IV and fluids. Mm-hmm. And we're just boosting your immune system with like vitamin C, B, D, zinc. Like we're just giving you like, cause they don't know anything about it either. Right. And it's like, these are everyday vitamins you could go get from Target right now if you wanted to. And take as, half of those. <laughs> yeah, and as when it comes to fluids, like, just stay hydrated, you know, keep your distance, do the right thing, keep washing your hands. And I think that is why so many people haven't gotten it, because I think people did really take, like, the, 
you know, hand washing and the, mm-hmm. I think there was a good amount of people that did that for like our first month or two. Um, but then I also have to think how people reacted though in our country, like America, all the toilet paper, paper towel, that whole thing when that happened. I mean, that was heartbreaking to just see like people freaked out. And so that's why I get frustrated and passionate about this because I'm just like, it's for the greater good of everyone. It's not just you and your direct environment and your little community bubble you live in. Like as a whole, like people love to be American and like be for one person or another. And yet when it comes down to the nitty gritty of like being for your brothers and sisters and the other citizens around you, where are you at? Like I just- they don't, the thing is, like, they don't think of all of us as their brothers and sisters. And, like, the way that this society is built, basically, it's it's very individualistic. We don't have really a sense of community. Um, so those of us that do have a sense of community have had to, like, all band together and basically, like, help each other out during COVID, which I've seen here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been, like, volunteering with organizations that are doing that. But they literally had to do that because, like, the government and other people around like in the surrounding areas um just like refuse to do anything yeah um and it's and i think that also part of the problem is like a lot of the data is skewed because not a lot of people there's like a lot of stigma around pretty much any disease um Mm -hmm. but i think there's stigma of like people not wanting to spread it because it's so easy to spread and so people either aren't being like upfront about if they've had it or they aren't going to the hospital at all or they're like not reporting like their symptoms or anything like that and so there's no real like data and so people are like oh well the numbers like aren't that bad and I'm like we still have the worst numbers in the world so I don't care what the number I don't care if that's like a reasonable number like if you can live with that I don't care like you need to be mindful of the fact that like people human beings are not disposable for your comfort Yeah. And, you know, we've had celebrities get in trouble for saying that. We've had normal people get in trouble for saying that. Just Mm -hmm. that that whole disposable mindset, which goes along with the survival of the fittest. It's just like, well, it's not me. It's not the people I care about. But you guys, like, I've seen, oh my God, I cried reading the story about this family where it was a family of grandparents, aunt, uncle, children and they all died from covid except for like a kid and an adult so like parents gone like a brother's gone like both grandparents gone like one of the kids gone like it was this horror story of like literally it demolished a family and like people then it's like you shouldn't have to read that to believe it but then you do read it and you're like no people are actually affected by this i don't care who you are what you you know what i'm saying and i guess that's my issue um that's it's what happens like, when you actually care about other people. You don't need to read stuff like that because you already cared before you read it. You literally know empathy and you're not afraid to show it. And it doesn't make you any less of a person to just have a good heart and care about other people. It actually makes you a better person. A word, a word. <laughs> like, I just don't, like, honestly, I don't understand what happens. You learn the golden rule in preschool, kindergarten, like treat others how you want to be treated. And yet here we are still to this day. And it's like, people can't even remember those basic values that I feel like no matter where you come from, every kid in a preschool, kindergarten, like lower level elementary class has to know that rule mm-hmm. in order to have a cohesive classroom environment. Yeah. I mean, like what along the way in your life was so tragic for you that you just threw that out the window and decided you were more superior than everybody else. And like your thoughts and views trumped everybody else's literally, no pun intended. 
kind of work there. But like, yeah. Racism. Racism. Um, And just to wrap this up, you guys, this is just a friendly reminder. Honestly, if you guys want to go have non-essential travel, you know what? You are entitled to do that. It is your right as a human being who's allowed to make their own decisions. I would just really hope you guys are really taking into account, you know, I'm just going to use some examples. I'm not talking about anybody specifically because a lot of people have done these exact flight route plans. (laughs) I'm really not trying to call out (laughs) one, but I've seen this happen a lot. Um, so let's say you live in the Bay Area and you're going to go fly down to SoCal. Let's. All right. Bay Area, some of the highest numbers in the state behind L.A. County. Mm-hmm. Um, the six biggest Bay Area counties altogether have kind of been grouped for our like diagnostic number group. So whole Bay Area, you leave here, big numbers. You go to SoCal. Um, anywhere in and around L.A. County, hotspot. Cool. You're at risk. Then let's say you fly back to the Bay Area. You don't get tested. Sure, you stayed home for 14 days. You worked from home. You know, you enjoyed your weekend. But did you get tested after 14 days? I don't know. You're not posting about it on social media. You're posting about your travels and your fun times, but you're not telling us if you've just taken any procedural protocol. Okay. So then, oh, another weekend hits. Oh, it's 4th of July. I'm going to go to Tahoe. So now Mm -hmm. you have not left one hotspot, traveled to another. Now you're back home with whatever you brought back with you from LA and not just LA on the plane ride there, plane ride back. We don't know if you tested or not. Now you're going to Tahoe. Hella people at Tahoe from all walks of life, all areas. Like it's different when you're just traveling within the Bay area. You know, I don't feel that risky going from San Jose to San Francisco because I'm like, I'm in that six County area. Basically I've been in this environment for the last few months. It is what it is. But now we're in Tahoe, you're around all these people, you don't know where they came from, you don't know how they live their life, you don't know how careful they have or haven't been wherever they came from, you know, and now you're back home in the Bay Area. You also don't know, like, if you're staying in an Airbnb, technically they're supposed to get it cleaned, but you can't guarantee that. Just like in a hotel, like... Right, at least in a hotel, you know, they hire housekeepers and that's... Yeah, but even then, I don't trust that shit. I know, it's law, but... (laughs) So now you guys have traveled away from the Bay Area to a different part of the state, and now you're somewhere else. You don't know what everybody else around you is, and then you go back home to the Bay Area. Are you getting tested? It doesn't seem like it. I would think if people were getting tested, they would talk about it a little bit more. I don't know. That just feels like it's a part of the times. I don't know. I don't know why people would get tested and not want to like, but unless you said, maybe there are way more positive people who are keeping it quiet, who were just sitting at home for two weeks. That's what I think. And maybe they are. And they just think, okay, well, I was home. I quarantined for 14 days. I don't have it. I got tested again. It was negative. Cool. I can go back living my life. Maybe that has happened and I just don't know. Um, but that's the thing. I don't know. Um, I was literally in agony with my trip for my friend's wedding in St. Thomas. Like a, should I, won't I, will I? asking other people's opinions, knowing regardless, I was still going to go, but glad it got changed. We're doing something else instead, but I just don't think people are being mindful. So if you're going to go on these trips, you guys, please just do your duty. I, it's really not hard to wear a mask, whatever BS you choose to listen to about asthma, not being able to breathe. Like I have asthma. There, there's so many things people are using for excuses. I promise you it's fine. Um, do make sure you are staying distant from people. Like I literally dramatically move away from people when they're not respecting my six foot bubble. Like for me personally, I already had a personal space issue with people. Mm -hmm. I did too. So like for me, this is glorious because I'm just like, great. No one's breathing down my neck anyways. 
But like, just do it. Wash your hands, use your sanitizer, bring gloves with you. Like if, if you're traveling, you should just be taking extra precautions anyways. I'm so shocked at how many people are going to Vegas. I get it. I miss Vegas too. I don't go to Vegas for the clubs or the pools. I go to Vegas to win money and eat good food. But like for me, I'm more, con- I'm more concerned with like the table etiquette of what's going down, sharing cards with people. Um, mm, that's true. How able am I to like sit down and eat somewhere that I've been wanting to eat for a while? That's my concern. I've seen a lot of people in Vegas living their best life. It is what it is. I have to remind myself too. I follow a lot of people from the South. Like the South has been open for like at least a month now. They're like slowly closing back again just to like, cause everything numbers rose again. Mm-hmm. Ran to the bars and yeah, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens with the NBA with the fact that they've entered this Orlando bubble for a playoff tournament style thing to still have a season and end it. Mm-hmm. and have an NBA champion. Um, I know baseball is trying to resume right now, so I'm interested to also see how that goes. Um, they're playing 60 games for the season, so it's like a super short version of what it's like a quarter Which of the 60 games? I think, so it's like, I think it's like a normal like 120 or 160. Yeah. I know I got that number wrong. You guys don't kill me for it. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens to society. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think that we should all just, I don't know. You would think all these videos of people yelling at each other in public would like deter people and just make them want to follow protocol so they don't have to engage in any kind of, you know, situation like that. Um, But people don't care. And I just want people to care because it's not over. 2020 is done. Like we're not going back outside with the real world until the new year hits. I'm sure we're not going outside to like 2022, please. (laughs) And I laugh, but that might be the case. Like, literally, we might all be holding our breath for, like, celebrating December 31st and entering the new year, kind of going back to a quote-unquote type of normal. Um, I personally think I'm going to be wearing masks from here on out. I think I'm, like, like, I look at, you know, like, I was watching a TV show from 2008, Mm -hmm. and these people were, like, just all standing at a line gate together, just, like, talking um, and it was like no big deal. And I was just like all that breath just going everywhere. And I was like, wow, COVID has literally changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. I think of is like, like, I'm afraid to be in a sports bar now and like yell. I'm like, all we do is yell. I can't even. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Comfortable. Like I need to have a mask on. So yeah, I don't know. I just, if you're going to go out and do non-essential traveling, like I said, do you, I'm going to go visit my parents in like four weeks in Florida. I'm freaking out about it, but I'm just, my parents ask me every day, are you coming home? Are you going to move in with us? When are you going to come visit? And I'm just like, all right, let's just knock it out. I'm going from the airport to your car, to your house and back. Let us pray. Mm-hmm. But I'm still nervous as hell. I know. I just don't know. I just don't know. And I'm just choosing this to treat it like a cold and a flu I'm going to be practicing to the brim with all my stuff I need to make myself comfortable and go from there. But yeah, I just want people to be a little more responsible and not so like forwardly out there, like admitting that they went places and had the time of their life and didn't give a damn about any social. Yeah. Problem. Like I, I get that most people here and like specifically white people just don't give a fuck about other people, but I would just like you to do that in private and not in my fucking face. And that's the thing, yeah. You want to go <laughs> live your best life, just stop posting about it on social media. I just don't need that. White people also don't have, like, any sense of personal space either. Um, and I know this because, obviously, um, 
you know, they like to touch black people's hair and get all up in our face and get in our business and things like that. And so I think that it still hasn't changed from any of that. I was at the grocery store the other day and I wanted to get a bag and this lady was standing like right under where the bags were. And so I said, oh, excuse me. And she just looked up at me like I was somehow in her way. I was like, lady, like just move one step over so I can get a bag. You're the only ones here. I need the same produce as you. And then like another lady right after that just came up and was like standing right behind me. I was like, dude, six feet, bitch. Like, what do you mean? What are you doing all up on my neck? Yeah. I was, I went, no concept. I went to the, my, our sister bar in my city that I live in and it was my first time there and I was just trying to support. I was like, all right, let me just get out of the house, get some fresh air and support. So it's outdoor dining. I think total there's like 10, 12 tables available and it's like a front area with like six tables and then a back area with six tables. Like, cool. Mm -hmm. When I get to the bar to order my drink and you have to wear your mask when you leave the table. Like if you're at your table and you have a food or drink in front of you, the mask is not required. But as soon as you get up from the table, like security is there, like you need to put your mask on if you're going to come inside to use the restroom or to order food or a drink. Like that's that's state mandated. Mm -hmm. So here I am, there's, I'm on my ex. And this white couple just comes up next to me to my right and just stands directly next to me. Like there's exes. And I just look at them and they're completely oblivious. Like one has a mask on, one doesn't. The bartender immediately turns around and looks at the person with the mask and is like, I need you to put your mask on. And already has attitude because he's been telling people this all motherfucking day. Like keep your mask on when you're inside the establishment. And I just looked at them and looked at Sebastian and just like moved around to the other side and like was so annoyed. And they of course looked at me and I had to stare straight ahead because I knew if I turned and looked at them, I could not have not said anything. And there's mm-hmm. no way in hell that it would not. And like, if I didn't work for the owners that own this bar, I would have probably popped off and been like, are y'all that fucking dumb? Are y'all really that excited and eager to be back at a fucking bar for five fucking minutes that you just like lost all logical sense of, like, if I could tell you how many times bartenders have been like, you're going to get us shut down, you're going to enact a fine on us, and we're going to have to close because you are literally being a dumbass. And that's my thing. It's like, we should Exhausting. be and want to support our small businesses. We should want our local economies to start to flourish again. I totally get that. There's nothing wrong with the takeout to-go orders, with outdoor dining, if you're doing it right. And that's my problem is like, people are so excited to be back out socializing mm-hmm. that the, like the logic of the, the protocols that are still in place, it's crazy. There was a lady who drew, a white lady who drew down the street in her Prius and was yelling at everybody waiting in line, where are your damn mask? And I was like, yes, lady, don't. Oh, wow, a good story about a white lady? Right. Thank she you. Was, she was like in her like mid to late sixties. Like this was an older woman who was clearly a grandmother. Mm-hmm. And she, and I was so proud that like someone was like literally putting everyone on notice. Like, be, Oh my God, it's not hard to wear a mask. You guys like literally, Oh, I just can't. So that's my topic for today. We had to talk about it. We've both just seen a lot of just inappropriate. It looks like behaviors on social media. Mm-hmm. We just want to remind people like, we're not trying to be like, I don't know what the term is, like downer Debbies and just be like, stay inside. You can't go anywhere. Just like, no one's telling you that. Just be responsible. Look yeah. out for other people. Cause I'm sorry. I, why should, why should I give a damn about you if you don't give a damn about me? Like if that's how we all want to go about life. 
we'd be killing like, each what's other. the point in being in a society together like there's no never, purpose exactly there's no purpose it's never gonna work out it's never gonna make sense it's never gonna get fixed and I just really hope the people who need to hear it are listening to this. I'm sure it's always the people who don't need to hear it who are probably doing the right thing. But yeah, true. That's our first topic. Maya's going to get in to something else and we'll be done for the day. What's up, girl? What you got? Yeah. I want to talk about mental health. Because, um, geez, <laughs> we are not thriving. How are you doing right now, my love? Let's 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 talk about how you're feeling right now in this moment before you dive in. I I'm already like pretty naturally anxious and I haven't been that bad lately, but I did have like a night last week where I was just like up and couldn't like breathe properly and I was just like having an existential crisis like I do. Yes. Um cuz I'm about to turn 25 on Monday yep. and I'm like not really working and I'm volunteering a lot and just seeing how like the area that I live in is so different from the communities that I'm volunteering in and how much they have versus those communities, even though it's what, 15, 20 minutes away from here. Right. And so I just think about the normal stressors of the world. And then there's the added element of COVID now. So I can't really go out and try to like, be one with the earth and nature. And yeah, like, like I, I, I'm a very outdoorsy person. I like to hike. I like to go to the beach. That's one of the main reasons why I wanted to come back to San Diego for a little bit was just so that I could be with my family and be able to go outside and kind of just relax. I basically took a sabbatical essentially for yeah, a year. Reground yourself. Like that was the purpose of like exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I was supposed to be, you know, kind of on a little sabbatical and taking time to figure out what I want to do next. Um, And I was planning to move in September. And now it's just a bunch of stuff weighing on me. And then my family stuff. So basically, one of the biggest reasons I want to talk about this is because my little sister, me and all of my sisters have struggled with anxiety. Okay. And we all kind of um either internalize that or externalize that and we kind of show our anxiety in very different ways Mm -hmm. um my little sister is also she hasn't been properly diagnosed yet and she's been suffering with mental illness for probably five or six years now so we all have very different ways of handling things and now she is in a facility getting like full-time residential treatment basically. Um, And so it's kind of, you know, worrying about her and her safety and her health being somewhere, you know, during COVID, we can't see her. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my parents have talked to her a couple of times over Zoom, but it's kind of difficult because we can't fly. We can't go and visit her at any point. There's Mm -hmm. just not really any contact. Um, My older sister came down here And before she had come down, I was kind of hanging out with like one or two friends. Mm -hmm. And her husband is, takes immunosuppressants. So now I really can't, like, we just aren't interacting with anybody basically. Mm -hmm. So it's just been kind of a lot because one of my biggest ways of coping is to be social and kind of just talk to people. Um, And the element of being in person, interacting with somebody and not being able to do that kind of takes away from the whole interaction in my opinion it's I mean it's nice like I'm glad we can have these talks and like we can still interact with each other 
Right. And I still have like my book club and we meet over Zoom and things like that. Um, but it's just, there's there's not a lot of really good outlets right now at the moment. And I just think about the people who have even less access than me and what they're going through right now. Yeah. So I just feel like COVID is going to impact our mental health even more than it already oh, yeah. is impacted. I've seen a lot of horror stories about um, suicide numbers and mm-hmm. people just don't have access to therapists and stuff still and they don't know how to yeah it's it's a lot I I, yeah it's a lot continue Mm -hmm. okay so my my biggest thing was talking about mental illness in our community specifically okay just because there's so many different aspects to mental health care that we just don't think about and that our communities don't ever talk about yeah and so one of the biggest things that I was thinking about was like, what are the, what are the daily activities that can impact your mental health? So poverty, obviously that's going to impact it. Um, Lack of housing. If you're homeless or you're switching apartments and you don't know where you're going to live. And right now you can't pay rent. Mm -hmm. Um, Lack of food, lack of education, because when you educate yourself, then you feel a little more liberated. Like you can do more, you have more access to things. Um, Lack of healthcare. We already um, see in the healthcare system that, Black women are often turned away. They're told, you know, like you're fine. Um, there's a lot of ageism as well in the healthcare industry where mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you're you're young and you look healthy and all this stuff, even though you're telling them, oh, um, you know, I was like throwing up all week last week. And they're like, oh, but you're young. You'll bounce back. And I'm like, but what if I'm not? Shouldn't you be listening right. to your patient? Mm-hmm. So it's that in healthcare, um, lack of transportation too. Um Here in San Diego, we mostly drive around everywhere. So COVID does impact us a little bit, but not as much as it would in a big city where you can't really drive around and you have to take public transportation everywhere. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about all the different things that already on the daily impact our mental health. And then on top of that, we have COVID, which is basically making all of us stay at home. And I'm lucky that I live in a house with my parents. Right. We have a nice backyard. I can hang out outside. I can move around in different rooms in the house because we are lucky to have multiple rooms. But I just, I feel bad for the people who are stuck in a one-bedroom apartment by themselves and can't talk to anybody and feel like they can't go outside. And then if you're already an anxious or depressed person, what is this doing? What is this additional stress on your psyche, right? Um, So yeah, I just think that it's something we all need to talk about a little bit more every time I talk to somebody about mental health issues or like my sister and her mental illness and stuff they're like oh you know what like I have a brother or I have a cousin who struggles with this this and this and so the more you talk about it the more you realize like the community that you have because a lot of people deal with these issues yeah Um, definitely yeah I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people are working really hard to try to normalize the different complexities of mental illness and you know what we call common and what might not be or the misconception around different things um I don't know I really I like to be optimistic and thinking maybe in five years people won't turn their noses up at someone if they hear they're bipolar or you know it it could be anything um but yeah no I think that's definitely important to talk about because I mean how do you feel do you think this is going to be something that'll be easier to talk about as time goes on but from what you've seen so far of like 
discussions or do you still just think like it's just one of those taboo things that's kind of hit or miss? I, I don't know. I, I feel like our generation kind of has been having a more elevated conscience in terms of trying to create a sense of community and trying to have conversations like this. Like I noticed that with a lot of younger people, people really prioritize self-care um, or at least try to. And, you know, people are having more conversations, especially in communities of color, which is really important because we're yes. always the most impacted by things like this. And we're also always the people that don't talk about it. Yes. So I have been seeing these conversations. Um, it's been a lot of um, like influencers and things like that. People on social media will kind of talk about these things together. People that work in like wellness and healthcare and things like that. So I do appreciate those conversations, but like day to day when you're dealing with just everyday anxiety, you should be able to have somebody that you can talk to or maybe that you can text and say, hey, you know, like I'm feeling really anxious today. Do you have a few minutes to chat with me or something like that? So I think that's super important. Um, and there's so many resources out there too. And since George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey and things like that have been happening, um, there's been a lot of res- like free resources for the Black community and like communities of color. So they have, um, in San Diego, they have a group called like the sit-in, I think. They do like a weekly meeting where you kind of like just go in and you discuss. um, And it's basically free therapy (laughs) because talking to people who are mental health professionals and aren't going to charge you is a huge, huge deal. Huge deal. Um, And that's another thing is like, if you can't afford mental health care, how are you ever going to improve? Saying that you're going to like go light some candles and do yoga and like take care of yourself is one thing, but people don't realize too that like the biggest part of taking care of your mental health is like getting down into the really nitty gritty, ugly stuff that you don't want to deal with. And you have to kind of do a lot of self-reflection and hope that you can push through that and literally come out a different person. Right. It's not just cool with the self-care. activities you've definitely got to use some mental and vocal yeah I totally get that and so I think that's what I think a lot of people don't realize like you see all these people and they're like oh yeah like love and light like spirituality and like hearts and flowers and stuff and I'm like do you understand like how much you have to break yourself down in order to basically build yourself back up so that you actually have the ability to pull yourself out of situations where you're super depressed Mm -hmm. so I I just think it's something we all need to talk about. And also don't fall for the people who are trying to teach you self-care because Mm -hmm. everybody's self-care regimen and everybody's routine that they have to go through daily. And in addition to that, if you're a person of color living in the U.S. and dealing with like everyday microaggressions and things like that, our self-care is very, very different. And I think it's definitely has to do more with a sense of community than other people because mm-hmm. we're all we got. Um, I just want to say it's okay to be a different person after you work on yourself. That's fine. If you lose people along the way, honestly, they are not worth your time. Um, don't keep negative people around. I've made that mistake so many times where I'm like, oh, but I've been friends with this person for so long. But I really have to evaluate, like, are they helping me improve myself spiritually? Are, do they have respect for me? Do I really trust them? Or am I just keeping them around because of convenience or because I've known them for a long time? Mm-hmm. Which as a cancer, I tend to do. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's okay to cut people out. I, 
don't always tell people why I've cut them out, but I definitely reevaluate things like probably every six months to a year and think about if a friendship is serving me or if the people are serving me anymore. And not in like a, you know, they're they're only doing things for me. Mm-hmm. More of like a, are we mutually improving each other yes. by staying in this relationship? Yes. And to touch on that, you guys, like Maya just said, she's turning 25 on Monday. I turned 27 two months ago and we're kind of like just entering, I feel like this moment in our lives where we're like being responsible for the community we're keeping around us. Um, It's something you think you would do as a teenager, young adult, but you don't because a lot of people are in college. Your social circles are different. They're evolving every semester kind of a thing. And then you hit the real world and you're just like, okay, you have like work life and personal life, and, like, family, and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I definitely admire you for even bringing that up, because I feel like so many of us struggle with that. I mean, I just kind of learned to start cutting people off, I would say, within, like, the last oh, six yeah. year. And, like, yeah, so I, I'm glad you brought that up, because I think that's something people really need to take into account in their own life for their own mental health, is, like, who do you talk to on a daily basis, and are you giving, giving, and getting nothing, you know, mm-hmm. making and you realize you're not giving because you got to ask it both ways. You know, you can't just look at what other people are doing for you. You've got to like, that's all part of the self-reflection. Yeah. Process. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like people forget about that aspect because it's not something that's really talked about. Like you, you expect to just keep your friends from every phase of life and that everything will be fine. It'll all roll over. And it's like, no, and it's okay. And it's not. Yeah. I used to think it wasn't okay. Like I thought I had to put in so much effort to like maintain. No. No, you don't. And also, if you're putting in so much effort to maintain the relationship, like, what are you doing that for? You shouldn't have to, like, force somebody to be friends with you or, like, harass them so that they hang out with you constantly. Right. Um, And another thing is, like, when you are doing self-reflection and working on yourself, you do have to acknowledge that sometimes you were the person that was doing that in someone else's life. Um, And that's a big thing that I've had to deal with, um, like, in my own journey with therapy and mental health and things like that is like when I was really going through a really rough time like at the beginning of college um I was just going through a lot of stuff which maybe I'll talk about one day we'll see um and I was kind of the person who was mistreating other people like I was the aggressor basically because hurt people hurt people like they say that for a reason and so I, I had to come to terms with the fact that, like, I hurt people just as much as I felt hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. And I may never be able to apologize to those people and they may never forgive me. But I have to forgive myself in order to have some sense of inner peace. Yeah. Um, because really forgiveness is about dealing with your own internal conflict so you have to forgive yourself and acknowledge that you've done that and kind of just move on because at the end of the day if you can't own up to the things that you've done and you can't acknowledge the fact that you need to improve then you're never going to and I think that's a thing that a lot of people miss is they're like oh but I just want to get to the point where I'm this evolved person and I'm like you have to realize first that you were not always that way. You can't just like skip to the part where you're perfect because it'll just never be that way. And like you said, if you can't own up to that, I mean, you can't work with anyone else if you can't tackle your own. Yeah. And then I just want to share like my little, my five tips that I do. Yes. Because right now people also don't realize that 
um, racism takes a physical toll on your body. I'm tired lately. I'm so tired. It's exhausting. It causes you to like not be able to sleep at night. Yeah. Um, as women, when you go outside, when you when you're like going somewhere on an errand or something. Do you think about constantly who's around you, where the exits are, how you could possibly get out of a situation? Yes, always, every time. Raise by make sure you know every exit, make sure you remember how you got somewhere. So if you need to leave, you can leave the right way. Mm-hmm. And as someone who I walk a lot and I use public transportation because I live right next to public transportation. So I definitely use yeah. that. I am constantly always music not too loud, looking over my shoulder, where am I going, where am I at? So yeah, that mm-hmm. alone. Like just going to the grocery store. It's like, I don't know, half a mile from my house. And I'm like, there's bushes along my walk. And mm-hmm. I'm like, perfect place for someone to just hide out and just like reach mm-hmm. out and grab you. And then just cover my mouth so no one can hear me and just wait a few minutes. And then, yeah. So yeah, got you. Goodbye, Caitlin. Yeah, you gotta. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew that was going to be your answer too. Because <laughs> like as women, it's like every time you leave your house, you're taking a huge risk. Every time could not come back you may not make it and it doesn't even matter what area you live in I remember when I lived in San Jose still and I used to drive everywhere in my car and people like on the freeway I cannot make this shit up I would be on the freeway in my car listening to my music dancing being crazy on my way home from work Mm -hmm. and my commute was maybe like 20 minutes at the time when I used to work um in Fremont Mm -hmm. and like guys would legit try to drive next to me on the busy freeway in the middle of rush hour and like get my attention. Yep. And so I would always take different routes home because I didn't want anyone following my car. Girl, speak on it. Like there, you're not safe anywhere. Public transportation, driving, walking anywhere. If you're a woman, you're basically not safe. Mm -hmm. So all that to say it's a, it takes a physical toll on your body to be on alert all the time. That's not natural. Mm-hmm. it's not so now. you but really especially especially people of color and especially women we got to take care of ourselves we really yeah. do um so here's here's my five things that i think are the most important for me personally and mm-hmm. i think everybody should think of especially during quarantine i think a lot of people are dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression right now um it's a very uncertain time which i understand so i would try to explore what calms you, what brings you joy, what relaxes you. Um, And also don't feel pressure to like have everything figured out or to know what your self-care looks like at the beginning because it takes a lot of, you know, trial and error. Mm -hmm. But my five things, my number one thing is to connect with other people. Okay. Because I tend to freak out in my own head. Yes. So me and my sisters are very different in the way our anxiety like manifests itself. So I'm the one that isolates myself and stops talking to everybody. And I just ask to be alone, which I don't need. Um, My older sister is very, very almost overly vocal, which is not a bad thing. So she makes it very clear. I'm anxious right now. This is why I'm stressed out. Nothing can really calm her down. She basically has to calm herself down. But me being the opposite of I internalize everything, I need to talk to somebody else in order to calm myself down, basically. So my number one thing is to connect with other people. The first person I always call is usually my sister or my mom, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they're usually the ones that are like, Maya, you know you're being irrational, so why exactly are you doing this to yourself? Um, My second one is listen to your body and rest. 
I don't think enough people do this. We live in a capitalistic society, which tells you that you need to be productive all hours of the day. You should be, you know, having a side hustle. You need seven streams of income because your value comes from money and it just doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you're tired and you've slept in till 10 or 11 a.m. and you're like, oh, I never sleep in late. Maybe you should listen to your body and think about if you need more rest. Mm-hmm. If you do, always no, listen. Earlier, yeah, seriously, because just go to yeah, just go to bed at like a reasonable time. If you can't fall asleep, try to do some like breathing exercises. I do like the, um, I like hold my nose mm-hmm. and I do five in and then seven out. Okay, yeah, that's what I do because I'm in me all the time. <laughs> um. Take time to be creative. Yes. I'm a very creative person um, artistically. I'm a visual artist. I just learned how to sew. Ooh, definitely on my bucket list. It's actually way easier than I thought it was going to be. Maybe it's because I'm such a visual, like, hands-on person. Mm-hmm. But I think you should give it a try. Um, but everyone is also creative in very different ways. Yes. Like, even me and you, you like writing. Yes. So writing or journaling would be something that you could do to be creative. But then outside of that, you could even go as far as like doing something different in terms of writing, right? Like a screenplay or like a comic strip or something different just so that you can kind of stay in your comfort zone, but then like explore new things. Yes. Um, so that's one of them. And then take time for physical activity too. I know this is hard for a lot of people right now because gyms are closed People that live in big cities probably can't really go outside as much, but I have been seeing a few people in New York who I follow that are fitness people or even just yoga people. Um, and they've been going outside and kind of doing as much as possible. Yeah. If you can walk around, like even around your building a few times, do that because I've noticed that when I've been in like my deep bouts of depression, I just lay in bed all day. And then the second I get up, I feel 10 times better just from getting out of bed. Sometimes it's as little as like getting up to sit in front of the mirror and put makeup on. Yes. I have noticed during shelter at home, there were moments where I'd be like 72 hours inside the apartment. And I just Mm -hmm. realized I never even walked outside, not to check the mail, not just to open the door and get fresh air. My boyfriend would come home and I'd be cranky and he'd be like, when's the last time you left the house? Yeah. Fresh air, just go, even if you're just walking around, like you don't have to go on a walk, walk, but just like go. And as soon as, like you said, as soon as I get up, I walk out that door and I just feel the sun on my face and I just breathe that fresh air. I'm like, okay, cool. Five pounds lighter. Thank you for that. The sun. The su- we are plants, damn it. <laughs> like we need our sunlight, water and our freaking, I like water me. Yes. Give me sunlight. And I'm, and I'm, I noticed actually funny thing. I did not go outside to lay in the sun at all last summer. I had just started working at the bar. It was a new job. I was so focused on just working that I noticed I never took any time last summer to enjoy a pool, a park, the beach. I didn't do anything. It was just work and home. Oh, bueno. Yes. It's definitely good that you said that because I noticed that for myself. Mm-hmm. Fresh air, physical activity, like kind of all coincide. Like, yeah. So yeah. yeah. And I know, um, also on a side note, there are, I know a few people that I follow and there's some influencers that also do, um, modified workouts for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. So one of them that I follow, I think it's called decolonizing fitness 
And I'm not sure what if um, that person has like a mobility impairment or if they have some other sort of disability, but they always do like chair workouts and things like that. So even simple things like that, or obviously just like going outside and sitting in the sun, just move around a little bit, like move from one spot to another one and you'll feel better. Yes. And my last one is to set small goals because um, goal setting is important, but also you can't expect yourself to do everything all the time. And yeah, myself. <laughs> I, I think that like people don't realize that self-care is all about self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Like you aren't going to do it all perfectly the first time, but if you are consistent, just like with people who work out, they'll tell you, you know, it doesn't matter how many pounds you lift. It doesn't matter if you're doing weightlifting or if you're doing cardio all the time. The most important thing is being consistent with your food and with your exercise. Like you have to be consistent in both. And so with mental health and with self-care too, have like a regimen, have something that you want to do each day. Um, Try something new if you've never done any sort of Mm -hmm. self-care. And then just kind of be as consistent as possible so that you are doing something different every day or every week or every month you try something different. Um, Because, you know, it's all about dedication to yourself and self-love. Yeah. Yes, I love those five things. Cinco cosas, or is it cosas cinco? I don't know. I should know. Cinco cosas. Okay. Um, yeah, love it. I think everybody should really take that to account because, like you said, people just don't think about these things, especially those who are actively working from home. Like, I'm someone who's not working, yeah. and I still forget them. What do you do all day, Caitlin? A whole lot of nothing, and then I feel really good about <laughs> <Me> it. too. <laughs> And then I like force feed myself self-care, you know, then I'm like, okay, I've got to take a bath and I've got to do a face mask and I got to go on a run and I got to work out and I got to cook a home cooked meal. Yeah. Then you try to do all of it in one day, right? Right. And then I'm like overwhelmed by telling myself that I have all these things to catch up on where it's like, girl, you could just do one of those things a day. And by the end of the week, like you've tackled every area, you feel better, like calm down. It's not that serious. But, and like I said, I'm someone who hasn't worked since March 13th and I still am having to be told by myself, my parents, my significant other, like, look, (laughs) you got to do something. And no, so that's great. I really appreciate those things that you listed. Those wonderful five things. They're so important. And even after this now, I'm like, I need to make a list of (laughs) self-care. You're definitely, you're definitely like a list person. I'm definitely like a, oh, let me make up a list in my head and then completely forget about it because I have a terrible memory. Um, I'm so thankful for that Apple update of bullet points in your notes on your phone. Cause girl, I love me a good bullet point check. I know. used to use that, but like I said, I'm forgetful. So I just forget that it exists. And then I'll just take notes like on my actual notes. Cause you can make little bullet points on there that you can check mark. Yes. So I do that sometimes, but rarely. I'm not really, I'm not a write things down kind of person. I mean, my issue is like, I can make all the lists in the world and then I'm a procrastinator. So right. I have, you guys, I kid you not, I have six packages to return from clothes that just did not work. You still haven't returned those? Still, I've been talking about it for probably two weeks now of like, I've started the return process. I've printed out all the printing labels and I just sat down today, pulled everything out, packaged it up, retaped it, attached everything. And I was like, girl, and I was, and my parents told me two weeks ago, don't take your time on it because you days are going to pass and you're going to get the money back. This and is why I learned how to sew. I have so many clothes 
that I brought with me. Tell me why I moved with this shit, first of all. <laughs> I brought clothes with me from my move that have tags on them. Because I was like, oh, this is still so cute, but I just haven't worn it. I yeah. still haven't worn it. It's sitting in my parents' garage. Yeah. So one of them, I'm going to um, take the seams out right now, actually, and like see what I can do with it and turn it into something else because it's ridiculous. I'm the queen. I just actually you'll appreciate this. I just started to get rid of all of my like chapter clothes that genuinely don't fit that I'm going <laughs> to wear again that worked for me with my first like full-time job, like my second mm-hmm. full-time job. But like now I'm just like, if I do have another full-time desk job, I'm going to just buy a wardrobe, like buy an article. Cause honestly, and Oh my God, stuff. And I'm a hoarder, you guys. I have t-shirts from element, like not elementary, middle school. I think I have like one or two t-shirts from middle school. And then like all my high school t-shirts that just are so sentimental that I'm claiming I can't get rid of them. Are we all, are we all all hoarders? I swear. I think everyone has. I swear everyone hoards something. Yes. Everyone has, there's levels to it. There's sentimental value to everything. Um, I think, I think my mom told me like, you need to watch Marie Kondo and you need to hug your stuff. And if it brings you joy. Listen, that lady makes me crazy. <laughs> I love her little um, things, but I can't listen to a word. She says she's so cute. I'm like, I cannot take you seriously at all. These little things are so cute and I can't take it seriously. I'm like, I, I would never do that. I just don't see. And my mother and I used to call <laughs> Every like two, three years in my household, we would have come to Jesus meetings is what we call Girl. <laughs> Where my mom would say, all right, Caitlin, you need to sit down with your closet. Come to Jesus. Everything out of your drawers, everything off the hangers, and you need to donate what doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. You need to keep what you need, and then you need to let me know what you need so we can slowly but surely like get you Yeah, out. my parents did that too. Yeah, and I, there's so many people who are like, what? And I'm like, you've never just sat with yourself and like looked at all the things you have and... I do that with everything, not just my clothes. I just did that. My boyfriend's been begging me for months to get rid of... I have, I have piles of to-do things that need to get done throughout my life. One thing is my closet needs to be organized. I have things I've moved with. Mm-hmm. And that's all self-care too, because I hate looking at it every day. And yet I don't put in the energy and effort to get up and actually start to organize. And I finally did. And the first thing that popped up was a picture of me, my high school sweetheart. And I was like, that is your punishment for taking so damn long. (laughs) Done. That this you had to like, and it was all these high school memories and like sorority memories, like pictures I just don't care about anymore. I can't even believe you still have all that shit. I found like a chapter bid day picture, like the official bid day picture. Everyone, I was just looking at that as like the only black girl in a crowd of like white, Asian, like white passing. Can you please send me that? I will also send you a picture. And I just really, I had a moment. I did. Yeah. um, I used to do that. I throughout all of my AZD stuff, probably three or four years ago, (laughs) um, I go through all of my stuff so often, probably like at least every year, if not twice a year, because it gives me anxiety just to have so many things. Also, because I think I'm a very, um, when things freak me out, I run away. So I've moved a lot. Yeah. And if I can't move by myself, like if I can't rent a U-Haul and throw all my stuff in there and move that day, I feel like almost unsafe. Yeah, you're like, I have to, what's going on? Which is also not healthy and I need to go back to therapy, but. It's fine. These are all things to just add to the list of things that need to be attacked at some point. Mm -hmm. 
as soon as possible. If the closet is cluttered, guess what? Your life is probably cluttered too. Me. Cut everyone out. <laughs> yes. I'm, li- I'm literally going like on my Instagram, I'm unfollowing people. I just don't care. Anymore. I'm so proud of you for that. Girl, and it's a process. I followed like 1,200 people and I think I've only unfollowed maybe like 100 and I'm already tired and I'm like, I got a long way to go. I know I looked at your at who you were following so that I could watch the numbers go down. Yes, and I'm sure people are looking every day because I'm telling you guys, I've been on Instagram for like a month just bitching at everyone for what they post and what they think is important. But yeah, I got a lot of stuff. And I live in a studio apartment and I'm, it's always cluttered. And I'm, I'm mad at myself for living in a studio that's cluttered. <laughs> My mom called me out. She's like, you clean every day. What are you cleaning? And I'm like, I just, little things. If little things are sitting out, I can't. I can't. It needs to go. I'm trying to. You be- just need to get rid of stuff. But I also noticed that's a form of self care for me. I have it turned is. into my father. I have turned into <laughs> that needs to tidy and disinfect every day to feel like my area is clean. We all turn into our parents at some point. At some point, some aspect of that that you mm-hmm. see growing up, you talk. You know, it comes to you. Okay. Oh, I'm the same way. My dad is just like that. Okay, guys, we've talked your ears off long enough, I'm sure, you know, but I definitely had to acknowledge that Maya's five things she brought up are very important. Clearly, it reminded us of the things that we still need to tackle that we're in the process of. There's still always something. There's always work to be done. Not going to feel bad about it either. Um, And if you feel like you are the shit and you ain't got nothing to work on, let me tell you something. You're the worst one. meditate on it because I'm pretty sure something's going to come up to cut yourself out of your own life (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go now (laughs) I know I'm always like Maya's definitely the one who's gonna give it to y'all straight and I'm gonna be the one like okay they're there devil's happy (laughs) so you get both sides of it but thank you guys for listening to our now episode three um we're having a lot of fun doing this. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to talk to you guys, you guys to listen to us. Um, definitely reach out to us if you have any questions, comments, concerns. We'll start to tackle them in the future. Yeah. And we're going to have like a fun, surprising episode next week that we're not going to talk about right now. But yeah, are we finally doing it? Stay tuned. I'm so excited. Okay, I just have... <laughs> Jesus Christ, like a kid in a candy store. And then <laughs> what it is that's going to make so much sense. And I know they can't see me. I just did a little dance, you guys. This stupid little. Oh, yeah, I forget. It's with audio. <laughs> okay, but yeah. So thank you guys for listening. We're going to let you guys go now. We will see you soon and have a good rest of your day. Bye.